Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. There is a direct, crucial connection between unity in the body of Christ and the spread of the gospel in the world. In this first part of a shared session at Biola's yearly missions conference, Francis teams up with David Platt to unpack the mind-blowing invitation of God from the Gospel of John to enter the oneness Jesus shares with the Father and then share that unity with one another so that the world may believe. All right. Well, we decided we're just going to get up here together and see how the Spirit leads us. We've never done this before, but um, that's... uh, you know, we're just going to trust the Spirit. We've both been in the Word. We both believe God's put thoughts in our minds. We've been friends for years. Actually, it started right after you wrote Radical, you know, when you copied Crazy Love. And just he just gave it an so, orange cover. All right, to clarify, <laughs> to clarify, I had written this book, Radical, and my wife was reading Crazy Love, and she was like, did you copy Francis? I was like... I haven't even read, I don't know Francis, I haven't read what Francis, she was like, well, it sounds like you copied him. And so, anyway, uh, we met soon after yeah, that. Yeah, we, we met at a passion conference, and then, um, you know, and it was just immediately, we just hit it off, and I was saying, hey, what's the Lord putting on your heart? And he goes, I feel like the Lord wants me to create this discipleship material, and, and discipleship has to be at the center of the church. I'm like... That's the same thing that's been on my heart. And I was working on the same thing. And we're like, well, why don't we just do this together um, and make one resource? Because if we can't partner, how similar we are theologically and everything else, then what hope is there for unity in the church? And so I feel like this is a little bit of an extension of that as we've both grown and, and maybe even differed in, view, in more views <laughs> Lately, we could list them. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right now, we uh, could just debate about them right now. In front of, no, <laughs> but, um, that's, but but that's what I would just say. Um, well, a couple things. One, I was just thanking God this morning for this brother. Like he loves Jesus, and every time I'm around him, I love Jesus more. As a result of being around him. I, we just were spending time together yesterday, and I'm just so thankful. But I just want to make the connection with what he just said. We don't, we don't agree on how to understand every text here. Like we are rock solid in our unity around Jesus and the gospel and the authority of this word. But there is, there is a, uh, there's a depth of community that... And, and family that's found, Romans 14, 15 talks about this, uh, when we even have some differences on things. And we live in a world that like polarizes and divides. And I know that's part of our heart. As the overflow of friendship, just, we want to see the body of Christ loving each other. It's where I was, John 13, this morning in my time with him. Like, this is how the world will know that we're disciples, when we love each other. Not when we agree on everything. Yes, the core, the gospel and the authority of God's word, but um, there's just a depth of friendship that's found even amidst those differences that uh, I hope even us doing this together, uh, I guess an encouragement to cultivate uh, 
community, deep community, with people who are not exactly like you in every single way. So yeah, there's a there's a level of trust that I have in David, um, and ever have I have ever since I've met him. Um, I just know he's going to teach the word of God. He's not going to deviate from the word of God. We may look at a certain passage and have disagreements on how to interpret that best and how we see that in the context of the whole of scripture, but that doesn't diminish. I just go into this. He loves the word of God and he is going to seek this and he's going to seek the Lord. And I don't, I don't, I don't question whether he'll sacrifice um, whatever he needs to sacrifice for the sake of the gospel. Um, you weren't here last night, but right before I spoke, uh, a lady came up and shared, and she's from Turkey, and um, she's talking about forgiveness. And her husband was martyred for the gospel. And just the heaviness in that, uh, you know, walking up, you, you feel a little shallow after following someone like that. But I think we both resonate with that type of person that we want to be that just says, look, this book is worth it. It's worth it. As much as we love our family, our kids, like to die in the name of Jesus and come into glory that way, as terrifying in some ways as it is, we also know it's an honor and go, no, there would be absolutely no regrets for all of eternity. And so that's, that's the bond we have in the word, in, in life, in Christ. And, and uh, there's not enough of that. We're, we're so quick, like even this morning, if anyone sees this, there'll be people who see this video and they'll cancel you because you were with me. And some will cancel me because I was with you. I mean, that's the world we live in. And you know, I'm not gonna name why, but there's, there's reasons because they're, they're ridiculous and, they're, you know, and, and you're not getting many pictures. So you, I, I guess my point is there's a cost with unity. Unity is not, oh, you know, I had a, a thousand friends and now I became friends with David Platt, so I have a thousand and one. No, I'll have like 801, because I'll probably lose like 200 of the friends I used to have. That's the world we live in, and you have to decide, am I going to take the scriptures literally? Am I going to tremble at his word where he says, because the spirit of God is in David Platt, then Christ wants me to love him in the same way that Christ loved the church. And there's a oneness that we can have that is similar to the oneness of the father and the son. And he wants us to pursue that. And it says it's when that happens that the world will believe. And so we are affecting, I believe, even us doing this and saying these things, which we didn't plan, I believe affects the mission field, because it's the reputation and it's a picture of, of, of the church, that that oneness makes the gospel believable. And this is not something that at all was in my mind when I was your age, a, a belief that unity in the body was necessary. It was one of those cute add-ons rather than really understanding what Ephesians says, like this is what Christ died for. 
to make one new man and create this bond between people through the blood of Christ that nothing would tear apart. And that was going to be what would cause a, a believability to our message. So, you know, we may think, oh, we're just giving a message together here in La Mirada. This has nothing to do with anything overseas. I believe it does. I also believe, like, you know, Psalm 133 says how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. But then later in the chapter, it says, for there God commands his blessing, life forevermore. And something I've found in the last few years is when I partner, it's not a competition and no one cares whose name, whatever, and, and there are still some disagreements that we'll, we'll probably talk to, through in some point, but the fact that we're fighting for what we believe God wants us to fight for as one, that God commands a blessing on that. And so when we were hanging out yesterday, I mean, we're, we're just going, look, our goal is that God would bless this time, that the grace of God would fall upon this place. That's why we spend some time beforehand just humbling ourselves, because God gives grace to the humble. And so how can we have that humble and contrite heart so that you'll be blessed? Like it's for your sake. How can we be perfectly unified so that God would command a blessing and life upon this gathering so that's the heart behind a lot of this. And I, I trust you know this, but just to make sure you're seeing it, like that's straight from Jesus, John 17. Yes. Like, just look at it. If you have a Bible, just make sure you hear this coming, not from Francis Chan yes. or me, but, but see it. This is straight from Jesus. John 17, what he prayed right before he went to the cross so he's just finished washing his disciples' feet, serving them, loving them, and, and then he starts to pray, and what, how does he end that prayer? He prays for us in this room. He's been praying for his disciples. Then in verse 20, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Like That's us, which... Just pause. Uh, we are those who believe in Jesus through the word that started with these disciples and disciples after them and disciples after them and disciples after them. Praise God that we have salvation in this room because of disciples who made disciples among the nations. We, through their word that they've passed on at the risk of their lives and throughout history, many people, have died so we would have this word. And we would be, so as we talk about uh, taking the gospel of the nations over these days, um, make sure to make the connect. It's not like we're starting something. We're continuing something that has been done and we're the fruit of what has been done. And there's three billion people who don't have this word right now. They don't have access to it. That's, so may, just make the connection that there would be more people who believe through your word through your word that started with their word. So I wasn't even planning on talking about that. But then you get to verse 21. So this is what we were just talking about. That they, so, but make the connection that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That's Jesus just praying for a Trinitarian type oneness that we would experience together. 
just as the Father is in the Son and the Son is in the Father, that they may be in us, that we may share in the life of the Father and the Son, so that, purpose clause, so that the world may believe that you've sent me. This is something that is so heavy on Francis's heart, my heart. Our lack of unity in the body of Christ is hindering our ability to spread the gospel of Christ to the world. There's a direct relationship between unity in the body and the spread of the gospel. Mm. And, and so if we just talk about the spread of the gospel in the world and we bypass the need for unity, mm. like a unified what was happening last night, seeking after God mm. together, his throne together, mm. clinging to the gospel, holding tightly to that which is primary, loosely to things that are secondary or tertiary, and we do that, that will lead to the spread of the gospel in the world, which means we have to turn away from the polarization in our culture, the politicization, politicization of the church in so many different ways, like just for us to say, we just want Jesus together. As we were gathered together with students in the back praying, I was just so encouraged by the students who are helping lead this picture, just saying, we just want you, Jesus. We just want you, we just want your word. Like, may that be the spirit on this campus in a way that will lead to the spread of the gospel from this campus. So that the world may see that the Father has sent the Son. And that's part of why Francis and I are here. Because, and why we were looking forward, not just to doing this together, but to being here. Because we we see in the next generation Mm -hmm. a desire for that kind of unity. A dissatisfaction with disunity in the church. And, And a longing to experience the depth of unity that Jesus prayed for us so that the world might know who he is and how he's been sent by the Father. Yeah, and a couple things I want to say about that passage too is understand this is not, an, this is not hyperbole. This is not an exaggeration, okay? Uh, this is, to me, John 17, you know, when we're in seminary, we learn that you've got to know what you're reading, you have to understand what's prophetic, what's uh, poetry, what's, um, you know, an epistle. But John 17 is so unique to me, I almost feel like it deserves its own category because it's the son talking to the father. It's like we're listening in to a conversation between God and God. That's what we're listening to here. If there's ever a truthful, like, obviously this is all absolute, but we're talking about the son talking to the father. What do they talk about? And this is what he talks about. Jesus is going, I want them to be, I want them to be in us. So, so what we talked about last night, the idea of, wait a second, you're telling me He's an all-consuming fire. If I see a hole, an all-consuming fire, my first thought is not, let me run into it. And yet, that's exactly what God is asking us to do. He's saying, I want them in us. Jesus is saying, I want them to be in us. 
just like I'm in you, how we're perfectly one, I want them in us. And so the idea is as I approach that fire, that gloom, that tempest, that innumerable angels and and, and festal gathering, and I come to that throne and I am in God, I'm like, what am I doing here? Only by the blood of Christ. And then suddenly I see David and we're just like, what are we doing here? You and I as the sinners, enemies of God, because of Christ, now we are abiding in him forever. There ought to be this this mutual awe and reverence where we're going, this is unreal what God has done for us. And this is at the core. It's not saying, hey, just get along. It's saying, hey, come, be a part of us, abide in us, abide in me, and I'll abide in you. And that's what creates the unity, is this awe over what Christ has done. And that's why these other things, we don't, like the last thing I think about is uh, dividing from you. Um, Yeah. Well, and to continue making that connection, uh, and this is one of the things somebody was praying in the back before, just two chapters before this, so if you turn, so just see it. It's coming straight from God. John chapter 15, verse 9. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Mm. And so make the connection with, I assume most were here last night, throne of grace. And what Francis was just picturing, us together, not just him and me, all who are in Christ, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Would you just let that soak in for a minute? Mm. Especially anybody today who feels unworthy, who feels dirty, who feels guilty, who feels shame. As the Father loves the Son, the Son loves you. Just picture, how much does the Father love the Son? Infinite love, otherworldly, supernatural, indescribable. That, just feel this where you're sitting right now. This is how much the Son loves you. He loves you so much. Throne of grace. So Here's the command. This is a great command. All the commands are great. <laughs> Abide in my love. God has, is telling us right now in his word, live today in my love for you. Just live in it. And then, now to make sense, if Francis is living in the love of God for him, that he's just overwhelmed by the throne of grace and mercy that he's received from God, and I'm doing the same, then we're now free to love each other with an otherworldly love, with a supernatural love that the Father has for the Son, that the Son shows to us, we now share with each other. This is so awesome to be a part of the body of Christ. There is no other community like it in the world. Do not uh, be casual toward the church. Yes. Don't be complacent toward the church. 
lean fully into this unique, otherworldly community. And, and don't settle for anything less than the fullness of God's love experienced in that kind of community, which involves a humility, a willingness to bear with each other, uh, that involves a willingness to forgive each other, to encourage and build each other up and, and, and lock arms together to show the world how much love God has shown to us and to invite them to be a part of it. You know, in Ephesians 4, it says, and I therefore, prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with all humility and gentleness, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Because there's one body, one spirit. So it's this idea that to live in a way that's worthy of our calling is to be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We've got to be eager for this. Okay, we've got to be eager to, to, to be one. Our, our faith, okay, being a believer is, our faith is a faith of attachment. Okay, that's what, that's what Ephesians 4 talks about, how it was built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ being the cornerstone. And, and so you've got these saints who have been added to this one temple being joined together in Christ. And so I'm attaching myself to this edifice, to this, this, this temple. I'm like one block that's going, wow, there's been this building that's been going on for thousands of years, and now I get to join it. That's why the enemy is trying to get us all to live so individually. And to be so independent because Christ is our, when you read Ephesians 4, it's that one body where we're, we're joining into this. And too many of us have been growing, we've all grown up in this divorce culture in the church where everyone's just quick to leave. Most of you, all of you were a part of a, a church that was a break off from another church. And at some point it was a division and and so we're just so used to this. But I believe this is the generation that could see the commands of Scripture and go, man, I'm done with this. God wants one table that we all sit at and break of one bread. Like, I, as a father, I, I can't imagine if my kids would not sit at the table with one another one day. Like, that would kill me. And that one table that's supposed to unify us has actually become the source of division. I believe that you really could make a difference because I believe your generation is more set on this than mine was. I, I almost put us in the same generation. Not as old as you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, You're like uh, my dad. Like. <laughs> like your dad. Um, Just glad to be at your table, Pops. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
But I, I really think you guys, I want to believe in the power of the Spirit. And, and it's not... Ultimately, this is the desire of God. I mean, it's pretty fascinating that Jesus is about to die and this is what he prays to the Father. That's fascinating to me. It shows me how dear to his heart this truth is that there'd be a oneness in us. And so it's not just, I see it in a lot of you. I just go, no, I see this in the heart of God. And so he's going to bring this to some sort of fruition. I've got to believe it. There's got to be some coming together. And that's a pretty awesome thought to think it could happen in your generation. And, and to think about, to see in this text what uh, Jesus is praying for us, that it comes together when we're focused on our Father. When we're... We're seeing the Father's love for the Son, the Father's glory, the Son's obedience to the Father. When we're focused on Him, this is what draws us together. So I, uh, I pastor a church in Metro DC, which has just been ravaged by division over recent years in so many different ways. And it's been a really hard few years, just fighting for the unity of the body and just amidst all kinds of attacks and slander and division and just so many different things. Well, let me just give you a glimpse of God and his kindness. Over the last few weeks, we were in Isaiah 55 just a few Sundays ago. God saying, come to me, all who are thirsty, and drink from the water that I provide. And, uh, and repent of your sin. Lay aside yourselves and come to me. And just invitation, come to this throne of grace and holiness that you all were looking at last night in Hebrews. And uh, our, our 11 o'clock gathering that day, which usually ends by about 12.30, went till almost four o'clock in a way I've never experienced in my life on a Sunday. And uh, just people seeking God and praising him, praying, confessing sin. And I was really hesitant to even stop it as we were approaching four, but I sensed, okay, I think it's about time. And, but the next morning our pastors got together and we were like, we, we think we need to come together again tonight. Nobody's planning on it right now. I don't know how many will come, but even if 20 people come, it'll be awesome, 20 people seeking God. Or, if more people come, that'll be awesome. So awesome or awesome, we'll go with that. And so we just sent out word like, hey, who wants to come together and pray tonight? Just sent out an email that afternoon. And that night at 7.30, a lot more than 20 people showed up. And, uh, and from 7.30 to about 10 or 10.30, we just praying, confessing sin, worshiping together, people confessing addictions, couples, where one spouse confessing to the other spouse in the gathering about adultery, sexual immorality, just deep conviction of, confession of sin, and praying over each other. 
it got to be about 10 or 10.30, and I was like, okay, do we keep going? I said, well, I think the only way we can stop now is if we say we'll come back together tomorrow night, and so we did. So we came together the next night, and the next night, and the next night, and just every night, the Spirit, through the Word, leading us into prayer, I mean, and, and just seeing uh, people who we pray for on one night to come to Christ, to come to Christ the next night. I, I could tell you so many stories right now. And people praying over each other. Like we had one point where somebody was sharing testimony. It was like a 21-year-old girl sharing testimony about how she had struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts. And I just paused her. I was like, hey, before we go any further, I just want to ask, is there anybody in the room? Yeah, who in this room struggles with depression or suicidal thoughts? And if you'd be so humble and bold to stand where you are and say, yeah, I struggle with that, we want to gather around and pray for you. And people all across the room stood up, like so many people. We just gathered around like the body of Christ, praying for each other. And, uh, and so it's, it's continued, it's overflowed into our Sunday morning gatherings uh, and into other weeknight gatherings. And I, I mention all that because I was talking with this one person in our church family this last week, and their remark was, it just feels like now we're experiencing family at a level that's deeper than just sitting in a service next to some other people. Like we're, we're praying for each other, we're honestly confessing sin to each other, we're praying God's grace over each other, we're praying for our city, we're praying for the nations together, like this is, this is what we're made to do. And that's what, that's, I share all that just to say, this is what happens when the Father is at the center of our affections. When we're humbling ourselves and seeking Him, this is what creates the, as the Father loves the Son, there, and the Son is in the Father, we're invited into this relationship with Him in a way that produces unity in the body and flows into the spread of the gospel around the world. So I would just encourage you, especially during these few days set aside on this campus right now, like press in to the Father. Don't hold back from seeking Him. And then as you do, looking around, and others who are seeking and being like, I cannot believe we get to do this together. And we're brothers and sisters, we're children at the table of our Father. And just experience, there's nothing in this world that compares with this, nothing. And I, I, I pray that there's a growing hunger for the Father that leads to humility and unity in the body. And I pray that you experience that in your life in a way that, so just to keep making the connection, is critical to the spread of the love of the Father and the world. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. Join us next time for a new episode, but until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org.